All right. We had a small cash last week. The namesake, Bones DK Golf, cashed a $100 ticket, turned it into 630 but uh, not too much to brag about coming off the Zurich. Sometimes you eat the bar, like the dude says. I guess it wasn't the dude, but the other guy, the Elliot guy. Sometimes you eat the bar, sometimes the bar eats you. What a bizarre tournament the Zurich turned out to be, though. Um, I thought I'd be more of a fan of it. It just really didn't do it for me, man. Tough to make a lineup in that tournament also. My name is Edge. It is the Bones DK Golf Show. Follow me on Twitter at GolfGuyWV. 16 and a half rounds into my quest for 100. The quest continues, but my game is is teetering on the brink of something unrecognizable right now. Huge month of golf coming up, too. Follow me, GolfGuyWV. Joining us, as always, TWMan66, who is in Tampa Bay, a suburb of, or I should say Palm Harbor is a suburb of Tampa Bay. How's the weather down there? Can you provide us any updates for this weekend, Wildman? Right now, it's beautiful. Uh, we do have some clouds rolling in, but yeah, it, it should be a good weekend, uh, as it always is in this part of the country. And by the way, I love my underbet because as your game starts stinking even more, the rounds are going to get longer and longer. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. If you're following me on Twitter right now, you saw my vlog last night after the round that I had. You know, last night I had five pars, three bogeys, and the dreaded triple. But I, I've got to be like that guy that just continues to hack through the jungle. Hack, hack, hack until you play your way out of it. If you find yourself back in it, hack, hack, hack. Uh, and I know another guy that does a lot of hacking is the namesake of the podcast, Bones DK Golf. How are you doing, Bones, out there in Colorado? Yeah, our golf course isn't, isn't open yet, so I'm watching a lot of golf. I haven't been able to hack it around yet, but I can't wait to get on the course. Ed, you should come down to Colorado, uh, come over to Colorado and play around with me. Uh, our golf course is super underrated. Uh, you can see uh, 15 or 20 peaks from uh, the, wow. the, uh, the tee box on 18. So it's a really underrated course, and I can get you on for free. So come on, come on over to Colorado. Okay, okay. Bob, man, uh, you can come another time. <laughs> you can see zero peaks at Sunnycroft Country Club, by the way. You can see an old stripped-out uh, coal mine, but that's about it. Um, you did catch a $630 ticket last week, Rob. Any uh, thoughts before we move on to the Valspar? Any final thoughts about the Zurich? Yeah, I was going to say I didn't have much interest until I had a lineup making a run, so that was the only reason I kept watching. That was definitely a weird tournament. Really close to taking uh, a title down. Uh, only one six of 6 in that $100 single entry. There's just another benefit of, of single entries. You you get tournaments like that. So we had a chance at the five of six. Uh, my guys kind of collapsed there at the end, as always. So we're just waiting for a Sunday where our guys come through, and uh, we're, we're going to catch one here. So really close last week, but on to this week, Valspar. Speaking of those single entries, too, I mean, you, you got to reserve those contests in advance. When do you actually start reserving your contests, TW Man? By the way, we're having some connection issues with TW Man. If he drops out somewhere along the line here, just just realize that. Are you there now, Wild Man? Everyone, get on your hands and knees and, and pray that I drop out of the call. Uh, uh, yeah, you got to start reserving like Monday, Tuesday. You know, as long as you can get by, by you know about lunchtime on Wednesday, you should be safe. But yeah, as it's uh, with these East Coast tea times, as it gets a little later on Wednesday, it starts filling up for sure. All right, Copperhead course this week at the Innisbrook Resort in Tampa, Florida. It's actually in Palm Harbor. How far is Palm Harbor from Tampa, Wildman? Uh, it's like, uh, you know, north of Clearwater. So um, it's it's in the Bay Area, you know, probably 20 minutes or so from downtown Tampa. Okay, it's the Valspar Championship, considered one of the top 10 most difficult courses on tour. 
this Copperhead course. Uh, it rewards shorter, more accurate drives, which kind of goes against the grain of the PGA Tour. You're looking usually looking for those bombers out there. So some of the guys that um, have picked up strokes gained at this course in the last decade, these guys are all in the top 15 of that category. Matt Kuchar, Jim Furyk, Webb Simpson, Luke Donald, Steve Stricker, and Paul Casey, who has won the last two Valspars. There was none last year. Big storyline here is can he win three in a row? So what do you make of the course, Wild Man? You are kind of the local guy here. What do you make of the course? And am I correct in saying that it does res- uh, reward sh- shorter, more accurate players? Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a strokes gain, tee to green, ball striking course. And by the way, if Paul Casey wins this week, he will win for the third time in a row, as you said. It comes the ninth player ever to do that. Six of the eight previous are Tiger Woods. Oh, wow. Uh, so that's pretty wild. I think one of them was like Steve Stricker at the John Deere, too. So it's pretty weird, you know. But Woods, man, you just can't forget about his dominance. Can't overstate um, his dominance. Anyhow, you can't. No, no, and, and you know, saw some good photos of him on Instagram where he's out on the course with the, you know, his foot in the boot, but he's he's moving around, so that's good. Yeah, one day um, after the, the PGA, floor, one day after the PGA Tour announces that they're giving away forty million bucks to the guy that like gets on social media the most, all of a sudden Tiger Wood drags his ass out of his house to a tee box, lets everybody know he's there. I love the guy, but he's a marketing genius, also, is he not? Do you think if? Somebody wired him forty million dollars today that he would even notice. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, honestly, like um, he logs into his Chase bank account tomorrow and there's an extra forty million in there. He's just like, oh, that looks pretty good. I don't know. That's a lot of money. You probably would. And and if the guy's as competitive as Jordan is, you know, Jordan still plays. Uh, you know, guys for you know ten grand a hole. He doesn't need that. You know what I mean? He just loves beating them. So. True. Uh, all right, back to the course. Two- though. Copperhead course at Innisbrook Resort, Tampa, Florida, Valspar Championship. Uh, we just talked about rewarding shorter, more accurate drives. What else can you tell us about the course, Wild Man? Yeah, two things. Number one, um, uh, since 2012, there's only been one player who has been outside the top five in strokes game, Tita Green, who has won here. Uh, and it was Luke Donald who was number one in strokes game putting. So the only way to overcome even even like slightly below great ball striking is to be number one in putting. So those are the guys we're targeting. It's a very difficult course. Very rarely is the gut uh, line under par. So I think it's been several years since it's been under par too. A lot of water, um, you know, humid, humidity in the air. Um, so you, you are going to have to really get around this course. And a lot of long holes too, despite – you're saying it was short hitting off the tee but uh yeah you're gonna have to really be a grinder out here to win it's, it's gonna play very difficult i'd expect an under par uh a winning score pardon me of under you know 11 or 10 to be uh um under 11 under is what i mean by that to be uh, a good target ball striking driving accuracy strokes gained around the green anything else you can add to that bones dk uh, Wildman said it earlier, putting. I'm actually looking into putting this week. Uh, it's Bermuda. It's going to be really fast green. So I'm looking into guys that can putt well in Bermuda. I'm, I'm looking a little deeper into that, and I'll bring it up in the podcast as I go along with you guys. 
field features three of the top ten players in the world, including the top two. That's Dustin Johnson and Justin Thomas. Paul Casey, as we just said, has won the last two. A lot of buzz around the possibility of his winning, uh, of him winning his third. And then you have guys like Patrick Reed, Hovland, M, uh, Scotty Scheffler, Palmer, who's playing excellent. I think I saw Justin Rose in the field too. And some of these prices are really juicy this week. You know, it was really difficult to build a lineup for the Zurich. It doesn't seem like it's as difficult this week, but I'll leave it to you guys who, who actually analyze this stuff and, and do the research on it. So at the top here, Bones DK, the top two guys, we'll go with the top three guys we just mentioned. Um, you're looking at JT, you're looking at DJ, you're looking at Patrick Reed, and let's just throw Paul Casey in there for the sake of he's a two-time winner. Anybody off the bat that you're going to start building your lineup around out of those four? Yeah, you said it, Edge. Uh, I'm looking at there's some juicy prices out there. I like guys in the 9 and 8K range, and a lot of people do. Uh, but if I were to start my lineup in, in the top range, it would probably be Patrick Reed or Paul Casey. Uh, Patrick Reed, you know, there's nothing, there's no reason not to play him. Uh, he, he's playing really good. He only has two missed cuts since February uh, 2020, or excuse me, uh, September 2020. He has a win in there with a couple of top tens. He's in great form. Uh, like I said, though, I'm looking at putting, and he uh, doesn't putt amazing on Bermuda. He putts great on Bent, and that's his favorite. He putts okay on Pella, and his least favorite is Bermuda. So that's something I'm looking at right now. Uh, and then Paul Casey, obviously, uh, back-to-back champion here. Uh, he's in great form. There's really no reason not to play him. Uh, when he won in 19, he missed the cut of the players and then followed up with a win of the Valspar. So he just missed the cut of the RBC. Not too worried about it. Uh, he didn't have great history at the RBC, and I think he could follow up with possibly another win this week. So I like him if I were to start in the 10K range. Paul Casey is 10000 bucks. That seems awfully steep for him, even though he is a two-time back-to-back winner here at this event. Any of the top five guys there, wild man. Patrick Reed, you just talked about a grinder. That guy can grind. Is uh, he worth building your lineup around? I'm going to pass on Reed um, this week because he's not he's just not checking it uh, in ball striking for me right now in his immediate recent form, which, you know, what we're looking at is the last couple of tournaments, like five or six tournaments. Um, top tier, I mean, I mean, man, it just feels like if DJ feels like winning it, he'll win it. Uh, so we're all going to have to ask ourselves if we feel like DJ feels like winning it. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm Victor Hovland right here. I think it's his week. Uh, I think he's going to be in the top five. He's, he's the quintessential ball striker and, um, you know, can make up for any lost strokes on the par fives, which are the really, really the only places to find birdies out here. So I would kind of couple the ball striking with par five scoring, um, as far as I'm concerned. All right, let's jump down to the next tier then. There are some juicy prices here. Scotty Shuffler at 9.8. Corey Connors also at 9.8. Or I'm sorry, 9.6. Ustazen, who had a great week last week at uh, the Zurich, 9.5. Uh, Abraham Answer could be a sneaky pick this week. He's at 9.3. Sung J.M. at 9.2. You've got Neiman at 9.1. And then Henley at 9,000. I know there's a lot of guys that we're mentioning there, a lot of prices. Anybody worth building your lineup around in this grouping? Phones DK. Yeah, this is an interesting group. Uh, obviously, Corey Connors, this guy still is in incredible form. No reason not to play him unless you have an argument. Uh, he can't putt, but until he can't, you know, until he, until he starts putting poorly, I'm going to keep playing this guy. He's gaining everywhere, and he just seems like he's going to win any day now. So I really like Corey Connors. 
Louis Hustazen, uh he has two top tens and a 17th here in his last three starts. So this guy obviously loves this course, and he's playing great. So I'm looking hard at Louie. Not many people are going to Louie either. He's projected right now at uh, 13% owned, which isn't too bad. Uh, so I like him a lot. I was going to have a great take on Terrell Hatton, but he's out of this tournament. I'm pretty disappointed there. Uh, he was a clear outlier as he was only supposed to be 5% owned. And I love him in this kind of course, but he's no longer in this course. And then obviously Sung J.M., uh, this guy loves Bermuda. Seems to he seems to have found his irons. So I'm looking at this guy pretty strongly. I know a lot of people are going to own him, but I'm going to try to find uh, you know a difference in the lower price guys. You know that aren't chalk. I'm not too worried about the chalk in the upper range. A lot of people are going to own most of these guys in the nine and eight k range. So Sung JM, I'm looking at strongly here. Yeah, one of the CBS Sports articles I read before the pod here. I think Rick Rungood wrote it or, or one of his guys did started with the line if the PGA Tour is in Florida you play Sung J.M. because he loves Bermuda that much anybody in that middle tier wild man that's uh, moving the dial for you well I mean we're, we're still going to be on Corey Connors and Scotty Scheffler I think you know for the same reason we always are uh, I think Rob said it exactly there's just no argument against them and I'm not going to watch these guys continue contend in tournaments uh, and not own them but um i would say you know a good pivot off of him if he's going to be um highly owned is, is answer i mean i've said it before on the podcast i'll say it again peter green he's one of the best in the world uh the putter's always bitten him but again it, it at a course where you know seven or eight under might win it and, and I just looked at the weather again, by the way. It's like 80, 80, high of 84, low of 72, sunshine all four days. Um, so that might bring the scoring out a little bit. But uh, I like answers, ball strike, you see the green, man. All right. Uh, middle tier here. We're going to lead off the, the middle tier, the $8,000 tier, with Bubba Watson, who um, is at 8900 He could be a sneaky pick. Justin Rose at 88 Kokrak at 87 Our boy, Charlie Hoffman, at 86 Is this the steal of the tournament maybe right here? Ryan Palmer at 85 You have Tringale at 84 Gorillo at 83 Kirk at 82 Homa at 81 Kevin Knott, eight grand. So that's the entire $8,000 tier there. What do you think about Palmer at 85 Bones DK? Yeah, I'm looking at Palmer. Uh, he's in great form right now. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get there, honestly, Edge. I'm looking at other guys in this range. You know, I like Rio a lot. His putter definitely scares me, but the guy has some incredible irons. Um, I texted you earlier in the week about Jason Kokrak, and I said I was going to play him no matter what. I still am considering playing him, even though he's projected to be the highest-owned player on the slate. Uh, 21.8% at my projections right now in Fantasy National. So that's a little disappointing to see. But, again, the chalk's been hitting lately. So uh, if you pick Kokrak, you're just going to have to find some guys that are low-owned. And you mentioned him, Bubba Watson. Uh, he's the only guy in the entire 8 and 9K range that's projected to be below 5% owned, even under 10% owned. So he is definitely a great pivot there, Ed. If you have something on him, I don't know if you do. Uh, I don't. But uh, he's definitely going to be a lone guy if he can steal that tournament. Yeah, I don't have anything on him. I just uh, Bubba's just a great player, you know, and he never seems to like be that far off. Uh, of course, he's a guy that'll throw it away on you also if if things aren't going his way. But um, Charlie Hoffman, Wild Man, eighty six hundred. Is that too expensive? Uh, 
You guys must be talking about Jerry Watson because I've never heard of Bubba Watson. You're talking about Jerry? <laughs> Is that his real name? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jerry with a G. <laughs> uh, Jerry? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's a here's like really interesting uh, way to look at this, okay? And this is where you're going to have to determine what you're going to do, okay? If you look at the last 12 rounds based on my custom stat model, Charlie Hoffman is number one. He's number one in stroke scan par five, number one stroke scan tee to green, number seventh in ball striking, number first overall. 12 rounds, right? You go back to 24 rounds. And Hoffman falls back to, um, let's see, I just clicked on the wrong button. But Hoffman will fall back to 39th in strokes game par five. Still second in tee to green, fourth in ball striking, fifth overall. So, I mean, yeah, he's a guy that, you know, and, and I guess why I'm saying that is because another guy, DJ, 62nd overall in the last 12 rounds and third in the last 24 rounds. So it just shows you the recency bias that these statistics have, but you have to determine, you know, really what you're looking for. And I'd want the guy that was playing well yesterday than the guy that was playing well six weeks ago. Right. So, um, uh, I love Charlie Hoffman. Kirk is an interesting pick here too, man. Uh, he was seemed to be, uh, a sneaky pick at 8,200 on some of the research I did prior to the podcast. Is that guy on your radar at all? Bones DK. Uh, interesting. He's actually the second highest owned guy in the $8,000 range, Chris Kirk. And it's funny, he's rating out incredibly well for me. And, but the guy's history is terrible. He has a miscut 49th, miscut 42nd. And it was kind of my take on Casey uh, two weeks ago at the RBC. Uh, the guy was coming in off like four straight top 10 that had horrible history. So I decided to gamble on that. And it worked out. He missed the cut. So, I mean, seeing that Kirk is just so high-owned, I mean, the guy really is in great form, but he has bad history here. So that's a gamble I'm going to take this week and actually fading Chris Kirk only because of his history, and a lot of people are on him. I'm going to try to find somebody else around there. Okay, let's hop down to the $7,000 range. A lot of guys in this range, so I can't name off all of them, but some of the guys that we've talked about recently on the podcast, uh, Keegan Bradley at 79 um, Kisner at 77, Glover at 77, you know, Howell the third, uh, no, I'm sorry. That was, who did Schwartz will play with at the Zurich? You guys remember? Louis. Okay. That's, that was who's Never mind. I have no take on Howell then. Never mind. Uh, Brandon Grace <laughs> is 76. Uh, let me see. Champ is out of the tournament. Ian Poulter at 74. Lanto Griffin is an interesting guy I think it's 74 he's a he's a fan favorite on this podcast so you know there, there's a ton of guys here wild man who am I leaving out in the seven thousand dollar range that you might consider putting in your lineup yeah I don't want to I don't want to spend too much more time on Glover because we hit pretty hard on him last week and it paid off um, but when, whenever you start talking about Tia Green um, he's one of the best in my opinion um, so I, I would take another look at Glover if you're in that range. Uh, I like Sam Burns a lot this week, too. I think that he's a guy that's ready to win on the PGA Tour, um, and, and it's just going to be a matter of putting it all together. Now, he doesn't rate out super well for me um, recently, but it, it, this isn't taking into account how well he played last week either. 
And then uh, finally, uh, Cameron Davis, you know, Cameron Davis, Dita Green. I mean, he's, this guy can play well. Uh, he's right back in that range of like 7,500 where we want him. And uh, and then the last thing I wanted to mention, by the way, is about Chris Kirk. Is, is Everybody knows about Chris Kirk in the last month or two because he's had some good finishes. He was actually uh, an alcoholic, uh, yeah. like a lot of us. Yeah. And uh, you know, was playing a lot of events drunk and had to go to rehab and take time off golf. So, I mean, I would, I would sort of wipe away everything the guy's done prior to like 2000, end of 2019, and just look at what he's been doing recently. And, you know, he might be a guy that's ready to go back in the winter circle. Yeah, that's, but, a, uh, that's, a, that's a good story out of Kirk. If you haven't uh, read about it, just simply Google it. It's a, it's a great story, a great comeback story. Um, what about Lanto Griffin, uh, Bones DK at 74? Is, is he a guy that you're considering? I do like Lanto. He's actually supposed to uh, – him, Lanto uh, – uh, Lucas Glover and Denny McCarthy are gaining, uh, the only guys over 10% that are projected to be owned in the $7,000 range. So a lot of people like Lanto, rightfully so though, the guy's gaining everywhere. Uh, he has really, uh, no signs of, of slowing down. He is terrible around the green. We've seen that live. He totally blows up sometimes, but, uh, the guy wants to win. So I like him a lot. And, and back to Kirk real quick, not to mention him too much. It's a great take. Uh, well, I mean, I'm just gambling on Kirk this week. I think he, he's rating out well. He, he's in great form. I think he's a good play. But the fact that he has bad history is the reason I'm just taking a, a slight gamble there and going to bait him this week. So I don't mind Kirk. It's just uh, – and, and I hope he wins, honestly. I love the guy. Uh, but my favorite play, actually, out of this range, he was born in Augusta, but he lives in Florida. He's a Florida guy. He's in pretty good form right now. Nobody is talking about it except you accidentally mentioned his name. Ed. It's Charles Howell III. I actually love this guy at $7,700. He's one of my favorite plays. He loves Bermuda. I mean, by far, he's much better on Bermuda. He plays great at difficult courses. 18th, 9th, 28th, and a missed cut in his last four. 9th, the players. So I really like this guy coming into a course that he's familiar with. Uh, Charles Alvarez is my favorite play, and then Denny McCarthy is my second favorite play there. What about Mickelson at seventy two hundred? Wild man, is that a good play? And then you do have Doug Gim, the Reaper at seventy three, and the guy I just mentioned accidentally, but finished runner up if I'm not mistaken at the Zurich. Charles Schwartzel and Louis Ustazen. Uh is Schwartzel worth taking a look at at seventy one? Man, I said it last week that I and I and I whiffed on this one. I'll, I'll eat it. I said I think Charles Schwartzel's uh, done. You know, I think he's cooked. <laughs> I'd l- I'd like to see him produce uh, without that gimmicky team format. Before, I mean, we all know how we can play in scrambles versus I can play your own ball. Dude, I didn't so think I, they I were going to make the cut. I didn't uh, think Ustazen and, and Schwartzel were going to make the cut. That's how bad Schwartzel was playing, like in the first. Front nine, I feel like, of the Zurich. I felt like he was all over the place, and uh, he was struggling and had some tough shots, but he persevered and, and rallied. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but he persevered and rallied pretty well. So, yeah, it might be – I mean, look, if the price is right at 7100 if you got to fit somebody in there, why not a guy who might be riding high? You know, like you said, you'd rather have a guy playing good yeah. last week than playing good a month ago, right? Or was it yeah, yeah. Ustazen carrying the team there? I think, that's why I love Ustazen, honestly. I don't know if you have a take on Ustazen as well, but – he played great last week, and he has incredible history here. Who's days he's going to find my lineup for that reason? Maybe he carried, Mary uh, carried Swartzel himself. I don't know what the exact statistic is, but Ustazen has won a single P 
PGA Tour event, which was the major, the Open, if I'm not mistaken. And he's got about, he's finished runner-up in every single major tournament. And he's finished runner-up in probably 10 other tournaments. I mean, the guy can play golf. Can he finish? You know, uh, he did once, at least. Um, what about your uh, Flyer of the Week this week, Wild Man? We only got a few minutes left in, in the Bones DK Golf Show. Flyer of the Week. What do you got? Louie has never won on American soil, by the way. There you go. Uh, that, that's a pretty wild runner up. <laughs> that, that is pretty wild. You know, um, we're going to go, we're going to go with a, a, a flyer of the week. It's not much of a flyer this week. because We've got to get right back into it. Uh, but this guy's had great results of late, let a lot of people down. I think he was a really big reason why there were only a handful of six for sixes in every contest last week because he was so popular. So we're going to play the rebound at a 6,600 Chase Seifert and uh, ride him. He's right now 16th in my model um, and, a, and a good bounce back spot. You know, we like to get these popular guys that let big groups of people down uh, because they're unlikely to do it twice in a row. So Chase Seifert, 6,600 flyer of the week. If you remember last week, I did the, uh, the edges edge of the week. And I said, hey, if you're looking for that edge, Chase Seifert's your guy. And then he missed the cut. So that was a one-time only segment. We're never doing that again. But Bones DK, <laughs> when can we expect your uh, your picks on Bones DK Golf on Twitter? I'll post them with, uh, with this podcast. Uh, but uh, Seifert was the only guy I missed last week. He, he ruined all my lineups. I think I had four <laughs> or five or six hits. And he was in all of them. So he's also there, there's zero guys projected over five percent, and there's only one guy projected over ten percent in the six thousand dollar range. And Seifert, he's the only guy projected over ten percent and five percent. So a lot of people are on him. I'm a huge fade on that. I'm sorry, Wild Man, and hopefully other people play the fire of the week. But I'm not. Forced me last week. I hate that guy. So no, I'm I'm off him. Everyone bad. Not playing. Everyone bad him. <laughs> All JG Wentworth. I mean, look, this is two. My flyer. Go ahead, Ed. We have two of the biggest losers ever when it comes to sports betting history on this podcast. <laughs> um, if you can get an authentic feeling out of either one of them, it is usually bet the opposite. Bettheopposite.com. We always talked about that, Bones DK. What do you got? You got a flyer for us this week? Yeah, uh, it's a guy that I was watching last week, and uh, and he has great history here at Top 10, actually, last year, uh, or last week. Excuse me, last year here at the tournament, but great form is Scott Stallings, projected to be under 1% owned as a Top 10 here. He carried his team last week with Bryce Garnett, and he was on, on, a, on a lot of the winning lineups last week as well. So, uh, play Scott Stallings again. He's my chief play this week. I was looking hard into Wes Bryan. Looks like other people are as well. Um, he also has decent history. He finally showed signs of life. And then uh, my other play, a cheap play, is Hoge. Hoagie. Tom Hoagie. I love that guy. 7,000. We've been playing him lately. So Tom Hoagie, Wes Bryan, and my Flyer of the Week, Scott Stalling. And I'm fading the Flyer of the Week cipher this week. Any final thoughts uh, or local knowledge that you can give to us, TW Man, before we sign off for the Valspar Starts at 6.55 tomorrow morning also. It's an early one, so make sure you get those lineups in as soon as possible. I don't know if you're one of those guys that waits until the morning when you get up, you know, doing your thing in the morning and putting your lineups in, but you probably want to get them in this evening. Any final thoughts, Wild Man? 6.55 putting the lineups in. you got to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone's tinkering at 6.55. That's 4.55 a.m. my time, and I will oh. be up oh, uh, with a coffee. 
Yeah, ready to go. <laughs> the only thing I'll say is this. If, if you need a Baba buoy and someone's backswing, let me know. Are they? Are, are you getting kicked out now if you yell Baba buoy and somebody's not in somebody's backswing? Or, or is that how they always did the Baba buoy thing in the backswing? I thought it was right after the golfer hit the ball. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't. I would never do it in somebody's. I mean, that's that's ground for getting tossed. You know. Are they, I heard, I, aren't they throwing you out though if you yell Baba Booey now? I thought that I, I had read that. Somewhere. I think it depends on like what what stiff that has a sweater tied around his neck hears you. You know. <laughs> yeah, if you're one of us holding a beer, you're getting tossed, right? <laughs> There's no doubt. About it. <laughs> right, right. Brant and you know, you know, all these guys will get you. Get you I'll get tossed right for just. Speak, I'll just get tossed for speaking too loud. I mean, I've been tossed out of many bars. <laughs> Just for talking, you know, my voice yeah, he got so loud. I'm sure, I'm sure you're talking uh, uh, at a normal level right after 12. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm sure what, what was actually the content coming out of your mouth had nothing to do. It was all about the volume of your voice, right? Um, all right the, I mean, you know, that's what they told me. <laughs> all right, the Valspar starts tomorrow, 6.55. We did the best we could for you here today. Thanks so much for listening, guys. TW Man 66, Bones DK Golf. I am Golf Guy WV. My name's Edge, but you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Golf Guy WV, in my quest to 100. Thanks so much for listening to the Bones DK Golf Show, and good luck this week at the PGA Valspar.